Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast for all law enforcement professionals and all those who support them. Sponsored by the National Police Credit Union. We mean police business. I'm your co-host, Ken Bader, with co-host Casey Smith. Casey, how are you? I'm doing great, Ken. It's um, Monday and, um, you know, just trying to be happy that I am starting another week. Yeah. I am so tired of Mondays. Can I just be honest? <laughs> well, you know, we, all, we, we talked about this, I think, maybe on the last show. It's like, you know, if we could just have a two-day or three-day work week, that would really, really work out so much better. Um, yeah. But, hey, it is. Well, police officers tend to do like four days on, three days off. Yeah. So maybe I should just become a police officer because apparently that would make things better. Joe <laughs> agrees with me. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you could just pitch it to management at the National Police Credit Union and see how that flies. Yeah. See how they feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good that works. That works. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, even though it is Monday, I'm happy for today because we have another great guest. Uh, we have Joe DeLillo Jr., who is the public information officer for the South Euclid Police Department, which I believe is just outside of Cleveland. Uh, he's been in law, law enforcement for approximately 14 years, beginning with the Put-in-Bay Police Department in 2005, before moving to South Euclid in 2006. Um, he's also a speaker and has a great bio here, but I don't want people to listen to me talk about his bio. We want to talk to Joe. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. And uh, I'm right outside of Cleveland. I'm in a little town called Willoughby. Oh, and okay. It's raining here and it's about 60 some <laughs> degrees, but uh, uh, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Good old Cleveland weather in June. Yeah, we've Sounds had about right. It's a hundred yeah. here, so I don't, I don't know. Oh wow! If oh, you wow. would prefer, <laughs> no, I'll take, I'll take this. Thank you yeah. guys. Thank you. Yep. I'll take this. You're welcome. <laughs> Casey's in National Police Credit Union, Arizona headquarters, and uh, just outside of Phoenix, and I'm in Long Beach, California yeah. today, and it's probably oh, about nice. 88. Uh, I got the air oh, conditioner rolling in the back here. Uh, <laughs> But, Stop bragging, Ken. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> now that we got the weather report out of the way. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, your position with the South Euclid Police Department is public information officer, one that I don't believe that I've heard of before in, in my years of having the pleasure of working with law enforcement. Um, for those in our audience like me who might not be familiar with that position, you know, what does that role entail? Uh, the role of public information is uh, it's, it's a tremendous responsibility within the police department. Um, what I will do is if there is a situation that the public needs to be made aware of, I'll disseminate that uh, a Facebook post. Um, it can be a simple, something as simple as a road closure. It can be something as simple as, or it can be something more major as in we have an area sealed off crime scene tape for several hours. The public mm -hmm. wants to know what's going on. They're asking questions. They're calling the yeah. police. I'll release a general statement saying what it is that's going on and refer any calls that come in to that mm -hmm. statement. Um, again, that could be as simple, simple as a road closure, or it could be an individual or a situation like we had last August where an individual, uh, two brothers killed their mm -hmm. father. 
and uh, barricaded themselves in a house and, and started shooting at members of the SWAT team. Um, I could go on and simply make a, make a statement regarding that incident. Um, it can't always be um, happy news. Yeah. Um, I do like to get some good information out there that's, that's positive regarding the good work of police officers. But, you know, sometimes you have to say, uh, say the truth, so tell it how it is. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's my role within the agency. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. I've I've seen um, you know, officers that do put that information out. I assume there is someone designated. Does most departments have a specific person like that that that's assigned to put information out? Is that common? Actually actually no, it's not. No, it's oh. not. Um yeah, this is a relatively new position. Our, my department, South Luke Police Department, has been around since uh, I believe nineteen seventeen. It wasn't until two thousand seventeen where we actually formed the role of public information officer. Um, it, it's, it's important to have a social media page. It's important to have a face that the, the, the public can relate to. Hey, that's Joe. This is the information right. he's providing. Um, but more and more agencies started to realize that and started to utilize having a public information officer uh, yeah. uh, present within the agency. The, right. the, t- the, the time to... Um, uh, have, build a, it, it, to, the time to have a relationship with your community isn't after a critical incident, right. it's right. before. Right. So uh, that, that's why we kind of formed that. And um, I think it's a good role to have. I think a lot of agencies should have it if they don't. Yeah. So are you the first? At I'm, South the, Euclid? I'm, I'm the first at South Euclid. Yes. Yeah. I'm the first. So you're at like South a Euclid. pioneer. Uh, you know, we have a couple, uh, we have a couple around the Cleveland area. Cleveland has their own and I can think of maybe five to six other agencies in the area, which isn't a lot because there's several hundred agencies around the Cleveland age area right. um, that, that, that don't have it. Yeah. But uh, I, I appreciate the term pioneer because <laughs> I do see more and more agencies uh, 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 put a focus on an individual to operate in public information. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. And you have a thanks. super friendly face. So I would, thanks, thanks. I would feel thanks. comfortable hearing, Oh, Joe's got it. It's under control. I appreciate that. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Everything's going to be just fine. Don't you <laughs> worry. Joe said not to worry. It's, it's, it's in the movie, the, the naked gun. If you guys have ever seen the movie oh, with yeah. Leslie Nielsen, there's explosions going off in the background. And Leslie yeah. Nielsen will come up as Lieutenant Frank Drebin and say, nothing to see here. <laughs> Everything's fine as there's bombs blowing up in the background. And uh, so that's, that's what I do. Right. Good old, good old Leslie. Um, so your law enforcement career goes back, what, 15 years, roughly? Yes. Um, what initially motivated you to become a police officer? You know, I was in uh, probably in my early teens. I initially started to develop uh, an interest towards it and followed that interest through Casey until I was uh, 17, 18 and started going to a local community college for uh, criminal justice. I got my associates in criminal justice there. Um, Mm -hmm. It it is the desire. I know it sounds very cliche, but it is the desire to help people, Mm -hmm. the desire to provide some good in people's lives to, yeah. to help them out, to, right. to, um, to do some good things while you're on this earth. And I thought that was, um, my way to do it. And I haven't, haven't regretted it since. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I guess it, it could be considered cliche, but it's it's a great answer. I mean, if you were like, well, the money seemed great, like that would be <laughs> Nobody probably the wrong. Nobody law enforcement. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. No one's like, yeah, I'm going to make like 500 a year. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> So no, that's that's awesome. We appreciate your service. That, no, thank you. And and to be honest with you, the, the pay is respectable. It's an honest yeah. living. It's it a good living. Um, I work for an agency that has a tremendous amount of side jobs, mm-hmm. grocery stores, uh, things like that, where you can make some extra income. Right. Um, there's guys I know that have retired with 25 years of service. They're still relatively mm-hmm. young. They're 47, 48 years old mm-hmm. yeah. and are on a full pension and, and can live very comfortably for the rest of their lives. So yeah. um, it, it's not about the money, mm-hmm. but it right. certainly is. A, it's, it's, a, it's a nice profession. I, I can't yeah. complain about that. Yeah. Sure. No, I mean, you absolutely should be compensated um, probably more than you all are. And I sometimes I feel bad for uh, municipalities whose budgets don't allow for the proper amount of pay. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Because, you know, the job you're doing, it, I mean, it's it's invaluable. So when, when I got hired on, Casey, at put in bay, I started working on an island in 2005. Mm-hmm. The pay was six dollars an hour. Six. Yep. Um, when Ohio changed its minimum wage to $7 an hour, uh, they had to talk about cutbacks and everything else because it was yeah. such a, a, a terrible right. low pay. Yeah. Um, it's just some agencies around here don't, don't pay very well. Yeah. And holy yeah. smokes. Ken, I'm yeah. sorry. I could go yeah. all day. <laughs> That's okay. No. That's okay. We're here to talk. That's right. Yeah. That's what the show is all about. Um, and yeah, I, I really appreciate sure. going back to your role as public information officer. And I applaud your agency or department for having that position because what you said, I think, is spot on with some of the unfortunate problems and feelings towards police officers. You know, the, the real solution to that, at least in my mind, is communication and engagement and, you know, letting people know that, you know, hey, you know, we're just another human being here. You know, it's, it's humanizing the police officers. So I, I applaud you for what you do. And I applaud your department for actually having that position. I think that that is spot on. Thank you. Thank you. Very welcome. Well, uh, let's, I, yeah, go, go, go. I, 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 it's because of um, our, our department puts such a strong focus on community re- relations and building a relationship with the community and b- social media and getting out of the car and saying hello to the residents. Mm-hmm. Our residents love us and we yeah. love them and we have a tremendous amount of respect for them and they have respect for us. I get out of the car, I go get something to eat. It's Officer Joe. It's Officer this. Hi, Sally. Hi, Betty. Hi, Raphael. It doesn't matter. It's always, you develop a that when you develop that rapport with your with your with your city and your community, it goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. it really does. Now a word from our sponsor, the National Police Credit Union. The National Police Credit Union is pleased to introduce Killed in the Line of Duty Loan Protection, a special debt cancellation benefit created exclusively for active full-time law enforcement officers. Available for multiple loans at no cost to the borrower. This complimentary benefit will cancel up to 850000 of the outstanding balance of one or more loans should the unthinkable happen to an officer due to a line-of-duty incident. Eligible credit union loans includes mortgages and home equity loans, auto, motorcycle, and boat loans, 
signature loans, uniform loans, tuition loans, student loan consolidations, and credit cards. Killed in the line of duty loan protection is available only for the qualifying officer and the protection may not be purchased outright. This debt cancellation benefit only applies in the case of death. Please see loan addendum upon loan closing for more details. And for more information, please go to nationalpolicecu.com. Switching gears just slightly, um, you're also a public speaker. And one of your popular topics is the Montgomery FaceTime standoff. Tell us a little bit more about that session. Sure, sure. Um, I actually leave tomorrow. Um, with my girlfriend, uh, we're going to Florida for the Florida Hostage Negotiator Conference. Nice. Um, I present on this uh, around the United States and, and hopefully next year going even to another country. Um, to make a very long story short, on August 1st of 2017, I was uh, dispatched to a call. A female um, said her ex-husband had sent her a picture of a firearm. No further information was provided. That's not really that alarming of a call. I mean, there's really no threat that's been made. It was simply a picture of a firearm. Well, I didn't know until I had gotten there that, in fact, he had actually called her and said he was on his way to the daycare center where she is employed to commit uh, to shoot her, to shoot the four children that they have and turn the gun on himself and kill any law enforcement that's there. And this was an ex-professional athlete. Uh, with the Washington Redskins, and um, she was perhaps leaving him for another man, and he just kind of lost it, if you will. So he was armed with the gun, and drove to the and, and and told her he was on the way to the dispatch, or I'm sorry, on the way to the um, daycare daycare, daycare yeah. to uh, take her out and take out the kids. Um, so I was able to negotiate with him without knowing his location via FaceTime. I pop just like we're talking now. Um, and you know, he had the gun to his head, but he put Mm -hmm. it down and I was able to divert him away from the daycare and lead to a peaceful surrender. But what had made the call so complex was there's kids screaming in the background. We don't know where these kids are from the daycare. Um, and what makes it interesting is it's all recorded on body cam. So this, Mm -hmm. this very difficult call that I was on is all recorded. Mm -hmm. So it gives the audience member, the chance to see how it develops from start to finish and put themselves in my shoes as a police officer, as a hostage negotiator, or just even as, as a person and see firsthand what the, what the situation was. Right. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, we're talking about this very calmly and normally, but that is sure. amazing. That is yeah. amazing. It, it, it's, I, I, it's, it would, it had worked out very well, but if you watch the video, it, it's a, it's an S show for yeah. lack of a better <laughs> term. Uh, yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was, this, this individual was six, seven, 350 pounds. He was an ex Washington Redskins football player. He'd lost every dollar he had earned oh, throughout his five year NFL career. Yeah. Um, and he hit rock bottom. It hit, he, he hit yeah. rock bottom. And I believe he, he would have, if not been intercepted by law enforcement, committed oh. multiple homicides at the daycare studio, including that of his own children. Jesus. Yeah. Have you heard um, how the family has progressed since then? Like, are they, uh, is he okay in counseling maybe, or has he gotten another job? Uh, I don't believe he has. I, I, I know he went to jail. 
um, after we were able to talk his surrender, talk, mm-hmm. talk him into surrendering. And the owner of the dance studio slash daycare mm-hmm. um, took the four kids and left and, okay. and disappeared. And she, had a, she ended up having a kid with the other individual she was leaving her husband for. Um, but I haven't been in contact with her. Uh, she was very thankful of the efforts of the police department that day, yeah. but I haven't really been in contact. I would hope. Yeah. Right. I haven't been in contact with her or, or him since then. Yeah. No, I, I, it didn't even dawn on me. Yes. He probably went to jail. You can't just threaten people. Um, no, he, he was charged with the uh, inducing panic and several other crimes. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm just glad there were no fatalities and you were there to intercept that. So me too. And they use a tool like FaceTime, you know, you don't normally think of that, but they use a tool like FaceTime to de-escalate what could have been a horrible situation. Right. That's what made it so useful. I just switched over um, and the benefits of FaceTime is you can see his emotions and his actions, his And he can also see mine, so I can verify, you know, the legitimacy of what I'm trying to tell him. Everything's going to be okay. We don't want you to hurt yourself. We don't want you to hurt anyone else. Put the gun down. I want you to drive away from this facility. I want you to take your car keys and throw them out of the window. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of how that went down. But if if you, there's something to be said about looking somebody in the eye when you're talking to them. While we're miles and miles away from each other, I feel so much more comfortable talking to the two of you. As well right. as you are probably to me, just by mm-hmm. seeing the, just by seeing my face and seeing yours. Yeah. Right, it's true. Um, now, okay, random question, but did Anything. you call him and he answered? Like, well, th- that was the initial. The initial plan was when I got there and found out that it wasn't just a picture of a gun. He was actually called and made a threat with a gun that he was on the way to hurt people. Yeah. Um, I, my intention was to call the dispatch center and say, Hey, we need more cars up here. We need more cars up here. Right. But prior to doing that, he calls okay. her phone. So I'm stuck in a position. Mm-hmm. Do you ignore the call and let your dispatcher know to let the bus know to get multiple mm-hmm. cars up there? Or do you answer the phone? You have seven seconds to make that decision. What do you do? Right. Um, I chose to answer the phone because I didn't know where he was. Mm-hmm. Me. And the other children and the children were there were at a terrible tactical disadvantage. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I chose to answer the phone and get him on the phone. And he was extremely angry with me right off the bat. He wasn't a fan of police. He was using a lot of profane language. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to bring him down a little bit, yeah. get him to switch to FaceTime. And pretty soon we, him and I were talking like we were friends. Yeah. He, you just told him, listen, I'm a friend. I have dimples. Clearly, I am, I'm a good guy. I'm a friendly thing. I'm a good guy. Yeah, yeah. You have well, to I, do what I, I say. I did. I did. And we, we teach this at different houses, negotiate your conferences. I've done them in California, Florida, Florida tomorrow. Yeah. Empathy. Everybody's yeah. been there. Everybody's lost a loved one. Everyone's been through a divorce and everyone's had financial issues. Right. Every single person, including yourselves mm-hmm. or anybody that might be listening uh, later on, has had to go through one of those three things. If, at some point, you've lost a loved one. So yeah. you can inject empathy. It, it yeah. can be done. Um, never say that you can't. You can't. Yeah. There's always room for that. There's there always is. There yeah. always is. At the end of the day, the person you're talking to is still a person. They might be having some emotional issues or some other issues, but they are a person. And you usually can get yourself um, 
to show that empathy and, and see where that takes you. Right. right. No, excellent work. Well, you also do another case study, uh, the Belmar Bomber. I hope I'm saying that right. Correct. The Belmar, Belmar. Bomber. Uh, so can you give us some insight on how that went down? Sure, sure. It's actually almost done. Um, it's making its debut in Colorado in September. So I ha- it's not completed yet, but it's just about done. So are um, we getting like exclusive information? I've never talked about it with anybody until now. I've never uh, talked to you about it with anybody until now. It's a first um, on Beyond the Call. It's a f- I feel like I'm Dan Rather or something. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you are a first. You are Breaking a first. news. Yeah, I, 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 I've booked the conference, but they, um, they, they don't really know the full details of it. Um, and uh, in January of 2018, the, I work as a hostage negotiator. Let me backtrack. For six different cities. Wow. Uh, Euclid, South Euclid, University of Shaker, um, Beachwood, and Cleveland Heights. So okay. six cities. Um, and we work for, uh, the, the, the name of the agency is called EDGE. It covers those six cities. It's called Eastside Departments Group Enforcement. So I can go into any one of those cities to operate, mm-hmm. as well as um, our SWAT officers, our, our mobile field force, our tactical team. Mm-hmm. Um, so in January of 2018, uh, the Cleveland Heights Police Department received a very troubling, dark email um, filled with profane language um, to challenge the police department to come to his house for a fight. Um, unbeknownst to the Cleveland Heights Police Department at the time is this individual had just found out he was getting evicted from his home. He lived in a very small apartment in Cleveland Heights. Mm-hmm. And he, quote, wasn't going down without a fight. So he's a, uh, a Romanian-born ex-chemical engineer, a brilliant man, um, who in 2012 began to kind of snap, if you will. Um, he sent this, upon learning he was getting evicted, he contacted the Cleveland Heights Police Department via email and said, you know, come to my house, let's fight, let's do this to the death. And he assembled a bomb inside of his home. Mm-hmm. And the uh, goal and the intent of this bomb was when the Cleveland Heights Police Department or whomever came to a victim, he would take out as many police officers as he could. Um, So it shows in-depth pictures, video, how the situation was resolved, when it was resolved, problems that we had. um, It just in detail shows that event, the different SWAT teams that came out, police departments that responded, negotiators, what their role were, what their role was. Um, an in-depth look, minute for minute, second for second of how the situation developed and ultimately its outcome. Yeah. Wow. And can you tell us the outcome? Yeah. Uh, so for 15 hours, we tried to talk to him. He wouldn't respond to us at all. Um, at the, they kept pumping in rounds, gas rounds inside the house. They couldn't get him out. Um, I actually thought he was dead yeah. for 15 hours. He wouldn't talk to us yeah. at all. So I just assumed with somebody who sends that detailed of an email, will at least respond to the negotiators. Right. He wouldn't respond to us at all. I, I assumed he was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the decision was made to go into his house and see if he was there to get this guy's apartment. The tactical team pulled it out, 
went inside uh, and on his face to operate as a gas mask. Oh. So he's an ex-chemical engineer. He, he, knew, he knew what he was doing. They yanked him out, brought him downstairs, um, hit him with the fire hydrant to get all the gas and stuff off of him yeah. and uh, transported him to the hospital. And he's been institutionalized, to my knowledge, ever since. Wow. But this goes to show you, if this thing had gone off, um, no one knows what a bomb will do. And he had the knowledge no. to do it and, and was in the process of assembling it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm wow. just thankful you guys were all safe and yeah. it didn't go off the way that he planned. You know? Yeah. They evacuated the area. Um, his phone ran out. We had different, so many different incidents, problems during this. His phone mm -hmm. ran out of minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so we called T-Mobile to try to get the phone turned back on. They said wow. they wouldn't turn it back on. Uh, so we had to we had to send an officer. He owes us money credit, with a credit card to T-Mobile. Oh get my! Him to turn his phone back on. Oh my like, god! Oh, yeah, you need to turn his phone back on. He's a barricaded <laughs> bombing subject. So it was just little obstacles that we overcame. Yeah, yeah, it was different. Phone companies. Yeah, yeah. I've I've yeah. been. We're a, gonna get our thirty-seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I've been with T-Mobile right. ever since I think I they were they were around. <laughs> now I'm, I always yeah. liked them, and now I'm pissed. They <laughs> would help you out. <laughs> we need the they, they want them to be right. We, that's what we were explaining. We're, uh, one of our negotiators, Christine Marabito, was explaining, like, you got to turn this phone back on. We're dealing with a very troubled individual inside yeah. here. We don't need and a full month. Just, just, just give us a few minutes here. A couple just hours. A few minutes. Yeah, give us, give us some time here to talk to this guy. Oh, man. Uh, that, was, that was interesting part of it. We also had a, a guy during this whole thing. You get, now, you have to imagine this house, and there's SWAT teams surrounding the house, police, negotiators. Mm -hmm. So if you put this in your head, um, what the scene might have looked like. We had a, uh, a guy who was drinking nearby at a bar and heard what was going on. So he actually crawled in to the crime scene, went up on the roof of a garage with a machete with the intention to scale the house to get into the window and, and kill the individual inside the house, the bombing subject. So all these weird different things happened during the course of the standoff with them. So it makes for an interesting presentation. I'm was he go wearing up. a Batman costume? Yeah, he was. You know, he was. He, he had. He, he had a. Uh, you know what? What stood out? One. Of, one of the tactical guys was was um, passing out waters during the standoff, and the guy wasn't wearing a tactical hat. It usually says Edge on it. And yeah. He had a Cleveland Indians baseball cap on. So he saw the Chief Wahoo, and he goes, "Wait a minute, that's not one of our guys." <laughs> so. Went to yank him off the roof, and and uh, he he was all drunk, and he was oh, like, oh, "I was going to take him out, man. I was going to take him out." But I'm trying to help. Try. That's what he said. He said he was trying to help. That's what he believed yeah. in, in his mind. He was trying me, to help. But this is yeah. it. <laughs> Not, not the safe. time or place. If no. you, yeah. you want to help out, donate a local soup kitchen. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I was I was gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb. That was good. I wasn't sober, <laughs> uh, but you know, hey, he was he was hammered. Trying, hammered. Yeah, had to be hammered. He was trying to give you more help than T-Mobile gave you. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is That's so great. great. That is great. That I'll is give great. it that. Yes. He could yes. be a vigilante, but at least he was trying. T-Mobile, yep. not so much. 
That's he was lot. definitely yeah. That's that's a that's a good one. I'm gonna have to steal that and use that yeah. if you don't mind. <laughs> no, go for it. As as a fellow as a fellow speaker, you gotta use you know these these funny little things. So you know, go for it, man. You don't even have to give me credit for it, but uh, just make sure it's a laugh from the audience. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. Well, you know, this is going to be hard to go off of this subject because this was like more fun than I've had all day. Um, but going back to the social, Same. <laughs> going back to the social media and what you do there, which I, I think again is is spot on for uh, what needs to be done between police and community. Um, are there any tips that you might give from a social media standpoint to other police departments or even possibly some uh, police foundations out there? Sure. I actually um, go to different police departments and have in the past oh. a local agency called Richmond Heights, and they, they wanted to uh, emulate our, the way we handle social media. So they actually brought me in. I had a meeting with the chief of police. And uh, he sat down with me and he said, Joe, why do you do this? Or how do you do this? Or what's the purpose of this? And um, who has access to social media? Why would you post it on there? T to answer your question, I believe in keeping it real. I mean, mm -hmm. it, some, if, you, if you just simply go on to Facebook and you look at some police departments and the way they operate on social media, mm -hmm. you'll see some are very just, just friendly oriented. You don't see anything potentially negative or anything that doesn't it's effective but your best way is just to kind of give them a bit of everything um put friendly pictures of officers playing with the dogs the canine mm -hmm. dogs and throwing baseballs with the kids and and that stuff is very important too but if there is a a, a critical incident that occurs in the city or even just uh a, an arrest that shows proactive police work mm -hmm. that's important yeah have a bit of everything and keep it real, yeah. keep it legit, yeah. keep it real. And it's oftentimes if you go on the South Duke police Facebook page, you'll see body camera, you'll see pictures of our officers. Mm -hmm. That would be the advice I would give to police departments mm -hmm. is to um, be outgoing, uh, be friendly, be uh, don't be overly robotic, show a human yeah. side, but get that information out there. Right. Good yeah, and bad. The community feel like man they really are transparent yes we oh, know yeah. this is going on and you know we're on it so yeah i would appreciate that from my you know city department you, you have to think too if in a major incident or even something minor like a crash the media is going to show up yep. and they are going to do a story mm -hmm. on it so why not streamline that information exactly. get it directly hear it from the horse's mouth and get it directly out uh to the community that you serve right. and that way there is no misinformation. Yeah. You, you eliminate the middleman. What, we're, we're happy to sit with the, the news and do a report and do a, do a, have a conversation with them. I, I do them pretty often. Mm -hmm. um, but get that information out there from you, right. from the police yeah. department. Right. Yeah. No, great points. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I don't, maybe Casey, you may remember the lady's name. She escapes me at the moment. But uh, um, late last year, we had done a show with a uh, expert on branding and communication that works with departments and other law enforcement agencies. And one of the points that, that she made, and she used the uh, city of Boston bombing as an example, that the chief of police was 
giving information right away as soon as he had it uh, via social media and to the regular media. And she said that actually helped them on so many different levels, especially because, as she said, with other police departments that want to keep everything close to the vest and, and think of the media uh, or even social media as a far second. It's like, oh, we don't need those. We got a job to do is what ends up happening is the the local media and the public end up uh, coming up with their own thoughts and their own facts as to what's going on yep. rather than the facts that, that are true Actually and exist. what the police have. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. great points. Mm -hmm. you, you, you brought it. And that's something that that's been a focus uh, the way the Boston police department conducted themselves and handled themselves yeah. and mm -hmm. the way they sent that information out there is something that is, uh, I don't have to say, copied by other police departments. Yeah. I know yeah. we have. If there's yeah. information like that mm -hmm. um, to get out, your best way to do it is via social media. I believe they were they they, they use Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, when these yes. when this was going on. Um, but get that out there. Mm -hmm. People are checking social media and constantly, constantly, yeah. constantly. Yeah. So yeah. if you're that is the best way to get that information out there. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook Live is another one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if you rather, you know, you, you, you do a hey, you announce, hey, we're doing regarding the incident that occurred on, on six seven five Main Street. Mm -hmm. Uh at two o'clock. We've received quite a few inquiries. Turn in turn on your Facebook at four o'clock this afternoon yep. for a live conference yeah. with the public information officer as well as the assistant chief of police. Have your own questions lined up and that way that you can get that information out there directly right. to your community. Right. No, that's, that's awesome to use those tools because I think for so long we all kind of shun social media like, oh, you know, the kids just like to talk to each other and, mm -hmm. and waste time. But, you know, young and old now are using it and, and getting their news from it and, and everything. So it's not just being social. People are actually uh, getting value from it. So we might as well take advantage of those tools right. and, and disseminate the information. So, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've had residents say, Joe, um, I voted for your last levy because I monitor you guys on Facebook and see how busy you guys are and the yep. good work that you're doing in the community. Whether or not that's true or not, I don't know, but that's, right. that yeah. is what he told me. Yes. Well, that's great. Yeah. Great. I love great it. Point. Well, we're, we're going to get some factual and very valuable information out of Joe with your lightning round, aren't we, Casey? Yes, we're about to get into a lightning round. Sure, sure. It's amazing. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, you've probably already hear, heard these questions. But if not, um, off the top of your head, just prepare yourself. Sure, sure. So number one, your favorite fictional crime fighter of all time. It could be a human, animal, a superhero, or a machine. Oh, John McClane, Die Hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the best Christmas movie ever. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. John McClane, Yippie Kaye, and then I can't that, finish that's it. That's right. <laughs> I almost finished it for you. <laughs> then you would have gotten in trouble and not me. So I would. I'd have gotten bleeped out. I would have just said it and it would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> the family program, apparently. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, Number two, the best buddy cop movie or TV show, which it may be the same. Oh, oh boy, that's a good one. Uh, 
you know, Buddy Cop, how about Lethal Weapon? You know, yep. Riggs, Murtaugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I don't know about all the sequels, but I'm telling you, those, <laughs> right. two, those, those two are quite some characters there. Yeah. Yeah. Quite some characters, Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah. yeah. I weapon. had a- it, a sergeant uh, in Chicago that I we were interviewing for this video project, and he was saying that's why he wanted to become a cop because he thought he was Sergeant Riggs. He's like, "Oh, that that's me." So, really? so he's like, "That's what made me want to become a police officer," and it never went away. I mean, he was a kid when it came out, but yeah. yeah. Did he have the mullet too? He did. If, you have, if you have the Riggs mullet. Yeah, he didn't go into detail, but in the the 80s, if you just had a mullet and tight jeans, you were probably getting hired at any police department in the country. Business in the front. (laughs) Party in the back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that was good. Um, Number three, what is your definition of a hero? You know, I I guess there's heroic uh, people who have done single heroic acts, and that would definitely make them a hero. Mm -hmm. But I believe people that go out every day and do good in their community or do good, no matter the job that they do, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, police officer, firefighter, paramedic, and you put forth the best, best effort you can in your profession and you help people out, you do the right thing, that to me is a definition of a hero. I agree. That's a good one. Who would you say is your hero or the person you admire the most? Oh boy. Uh, that's a, that's a real good one. That's (laughs) a real good one. Um, I've had a lot of, uh, influential figures in my life. It's, it's, it's hard to really say. Um, there's a friend of mine named Jeff Francis. He's a police officer near the Pittsburgh area. And he was, he was shot in the line of duty in the mid two thousands. He got uh, shot a few times and uh, ended up living. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he um, gave, has given me a lot of great advice throughout my law enforcement career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a person that I, I greatly look up to. Um, Jeff Myers, uh, he's a police officer and no pun intended, Fort Myers Police Department but he's formerly of South Euclid. Um, There are people like that that I've had in my life that are invaluable to me. Yeah. No, that's a great one. I love it. So if, if a, um, if someone wanted you to come speak or get in touch with you at all, if other departments need advice on appointing a a public information officer, where can they find you? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, You know, I do get reached out to from time to time and it is, it's very nice. It's very flattering. I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy networking and having great conversation with great people. Um, I'm on Facebook, Joe DeLillo. Um, reach me at my email address, uh, which is D-L-O-31 at AOL.com. Um, Perfect. That would be probably two ways to, to go about yeah. whether it be for a speaking engagement or just even just a chat or whatever Perfect. the case may be. Yeah. You don't want to give your cell phone out? I can me? give it. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> my credit cards are yeah, over a little blood sample, you know, something. I'll be, I'll be, yeah yeah it'd be positive sure sure yeah hand all that stuff out, right, just yeah. It all out. Yeah. Fine. no one has any ill intention toward you just so that, no no that's, yeah no that's 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 that'd be yeah, yeah. email email or, or anything like that happy to to help or just have good conversation yeah. I, i've been fortunate enough to 
to travel uh, around the United States and meet some great hardworking men and women that represent law enforcement in this country. And it's been a true pleasure um, to meet so many great people. And I'm always looking to meet more. Yes. Well, absolutely. You guys make sure to contact Joe. He's clearly an incredible human being. And a lot of fun. Um, but thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Lots of fun. Yep. Yeah. Anything that you ever need, reach out. Oh, yeah. I'll remember that, especially if I get in trouble in Ohio someplace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, Joe, you've been a really enjoyable guest. A lot of fun, a lot of great information. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, guys. God bless you and your families, as well as your listeners mm -hmm. out there and all law enforcement around the United States and really all over the world. Um, mm -hmm. Feel free to get in contact with me at any time. God bless. Awesome. Our me pleasure. Too. God bless you too. And Casey, tell people how to find Beyond the Call. To, to find this awesome interview and any of our previous episodes, go to nationalpolicecu.com forward slash podcasts. While you're there, check out all of the credit union news and updates as well as our savings and loan rates. Uh, be sure to share this podcast. Rate it on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and if you think you know of a guest that would be a great feature for the podcast, go to the same website, nationalpolicecu.com forward slash podcast, and you can submit it at the bottom of the page. As always, have an amazing week and stay safe out there. Take care, everybody. <laughs>